Okay, here we are, rocking on Pushing Rubber podcast episode 54454 in Italiano. Uh, that's 54 in Italian. Saying that because oh, I'm just back after a week on the Amalfi Coast in Sorrento in Italy for a holiday. It was the reward that the good wife and I gave ourselves for slogging through all the shit to move to Holland. Uh, a week in uh, in the Amalfi sunshine. I hadn't been to Sorrento before. Um, for those of you who don't know where it is, it's just uh, next to Naples. And it was stunning. Wow. He's got this big cliff edge. It's like 50 metre cliff, like literally vertical cliff that goes straight down to this amazingly beautiful Mediterranean Sea. And on the top of the cliff is this town. And our our hotel, uh, we, we, we splashed out. We took a nice hotel. Um, was right on the edge of the cliff. It's like that. You got that classic white Roman balustrading. Um, and there was like this uh, stairway cut into the cliff going down with tunnels into the cliff. But they also had a, an elevator that went down. Uh, amazing hotel. Amazing gardens. Private beach down there. Um, oh, expensive as hell, but uh, town was really expensive. Uh, it was about the restaurants were about 40% more expensive than Venice. It was August high season though, and we don't normally uh go on holiday in the high season, but we had to for various reasons this time. This was our only week that we could both do it. The batteries have been recharged. I uh I did not look at internet the whole time. Um, didn't take my laptop with me. I don't have an internet phone, of course, so there wasn't any problem there. Just didn't didn't look at it. The only thing I did was look at, uh, uh, on the second last day, I think it was, I noticed that they had copies of the New York Times at uh, breakfast, and I picked one up, which was un- unintentionally hilarious. I've never read the New York Times before. I immediately re- recognised that this is, this is full left hard. I read an opinion piece by a guy called David Brooks. Oh, my lordy. What moderates believe. (laughs) I'll link to it in the Friday links. I think that's the best way just to deal with that one. Uh, Because it's just just so funny. Unintentionally hilarious, of course. And other parts of it were extremely, extremely hilarious. Um... I think I think in this is the copy. I had two copies and I brought them back with me just because they were so funny. Um, that's the David Brooks one. But there's one apparently where let me just get it. Where um, apparently while I was on holiday and not looking at any news, um, Donald Trump was nasty to journalists. And uh, to say they went, American journalists have gone apeshit here. Uh, that must be the David Brooks one. Is uh, is putting it mildly. I mean, this is probably all old news to you guys, but what have we got here? What have we got? Uh, let's have a look here. Uh, yeah, this should be this one. 
You, you, yeah, you think I would have organized myself. Um, business opinion, what moderates believe. Oh, that's got stuff about, oh, look, I'm not gonna go into it. It's, it's just unintentionally hilarious. Um, what, uh, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't look at any internet and as I wrote on the post I, I did on Monday, I got back, uh, we got back on, uh, on Saturday <clears throat> and I thought, all right, I got a lot of catching up to do. I had about, I think there was about 200 emails in my inbox. Um, and that's just because whenever there's a comment on the blog, it, it, it shoots through an email and I, I don't, I just automatically, I just delete them unless it's a. It's saying that I need to um, approve a comment because first-time commenters need to be approved. So I had a bunch of those to do, <coughs> which was nice. Thanks for all the comments on the blog while as well. I appreciate that. Um, and then I, I started to try and catch up with, you know, what's going on. And, and I, just, I just couldn't find the intellectual energy to do it. You know, I read a lot of books while I was away. Did a lot of walking. The best day on the holiday, the hotel has a 19th century sailing ship, a two-masted schooner um, that's been restored. And you can go, it's got a crew of three, and you can sail to Capri on it, which is a, a little luxury island off the coast there. And uh, they only take a maximum of eight people on, on the yacht the sailing vessel and uh so we went out on it we we booked in and that day there was only three couples so my wife and i uh this canadian couple who were actually really cool and we had a great time with them and then the mystery couple they were the a swiss pharmacy uh swiss um not pharmaceutical but uh perfume salesman probably in his uh early 50s and a French uh, woman from Marseille, I think it was. Uh, and we couldn't really work out, they wouldn't give much away other than to say that their relationship situation was complicated. There you go. There's a car leaving. Thanks for doing that right now and I've waited the whole morning to do this so there'd be no noise. Fucker. Um... And so the six of us, six of us on this really, really beautiful and large, I mean, a lot of room, a lot of room to walk around on. Off we go. It, it was, by the way, the whole time we were in Capri, we didn't see a cloud. Um, across to, sorry, the whole time we were in Sorrento, I mean, the whole week, didn't see a cloud in the sky. It was blue sky the whole time, 32, 33 degrees Celsius every day. I don't know what that is. Is that 90, 95 or something? Fair enough. Uh, cruise across to Capri, they drop the anchor, um, service lunch on board, wines. Then we go up to Capri, spend a couple of hours up there, then they take us around these places. We have swims in these this this grotto where you can swim through tunnels and that one. Then we go back. We're, we got on the boat at 10 and we got it back at around 6.30. It was sweet, man. It was sweet. It was really, really sick. Um, so... I just got back completely relaxed, completely tanned, looking sensational, of course. Um, the wife is completely relaxed. The wife is completely tanned, looking sensational. And 
I don't know, you know, I mean, like, I got a comment, I got a comment here on the blog, on the piece I wrote, I only got a couple of comments on it, because I think most people didn't care what I wrote, a guy called Patrick Albanese, about my moment of ter- ter- tem- temporary clarity, said, I get it, I used to do a lot of radio fill-in, at first it was a blast, but it quickly consumed me. Not the on-air part, but the prep. I spend all day in the cesspool of the internet looking for the next thing to be outraged over. That's what I do. That's what I do. I look for the next thing to be outraged over. That's what I've been doing for the past year and a half. Back to the comment. Soon I became hard to be around. Sour attitude all the time. Hmm? Sounds like me. I still do radio, but prefer to keep the outrage to a minimum. As a result, I don't fill in at a local talk station anymore, which is good. I'm more pleasant to be around. I'm not walking around all day wondering why I'm pissed off. I'm really glad. Thanks, Patrick, if you listen to this. Thanks for that comment. Um, and I'm really one, I'm really, and that was on Monday that I wrote this, and it's now Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, I'm really wondering now because the blog, the blog is there. Primarily, I started the blog to sell my books, and it works. Indirect advertising just doesn't work, guys. It just doesn't work. Um, blogging. Um, Blogging really works. Vox Day actually said that the other day as well. I noticed um, uh, that the the best source of sales for Castellier House books uh, that he's his publishing house is his blog. A lot of other a lot of other writers are doing this. John C. Clarke, um, the guy over Peter Grant at Bayer Renaissance Man, all these kind of guys. They're doing through the blog. So good. Okay. The blog works as a way to sell my books. You need traffic to sell books. The best way to get traffic is outrage. But what percentage of those are people who are actually going to buy my books? Because my my books aren't about outrage, are they? For those of you who read my books, they're... They're books about getting your shit together as a man. They're adventure stories, traveling the world. So I'm doing all this outrage, but that's not actually what that's not actually what I write about in my books. Second thing is I put so much effort into doing the blog. Like this Patrick guy said it, yeah. I spent all day in the cesspool of the internet looking for the next thing to be outraged over. Look, to come up with a post, an article on my blog that's, say, 800 words, which is what probably what about the average is, yeah, it only might take me about 20 minutes to write it down because I'm pretty good at it now. But it takes a day to formulate in my head what I want to say. I don't just get up and go, I'm going to write about this and out it all comes. The out the come bit, has, has there's 24 hours of, internet trawling and churning stuff over my brain and 
standing in the shower, which is actually a really good source of inspiration for me. You know, I'll be thinking about some stuff, trying to write some stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Go over the morning shower. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. I just get the clarity. The shower gives me the clarity. I don't know. Weird. It looks like it sounds like someone else is about to go and start their fucking car. So look, I'm look before you all start worrying. I'm still going to be blogging. Yes, I'm still going to be blogging. But I'm going to tone down the outrage. And why, by that, I don't mean that I'm going to tone down the outrage in my articles. I mean, I'm going to tone down the number of articles that's looking for the outrage. Like, at the moment, there's the, the gay marriage postal vote in Australia. I've said everything I'm going to say about gay marriage and what I think of it. I'm not doing it again. It's not going to affect the postal vote. And I actually don't think the postal vote means anything anyway. It's like the vote for the republic in Australia. We had the re- vote on whether Australia should be a republic. I think it was back in 98 or 99. The Republicans, much to their surprise and to media's surprise and all the companies that were backing them surprised, sound familiar anyone, lost. And now they want to do another vote. Of course, if the push to be a republic had won, well... There wouldn't be another vote on that, would there? Same thing with gay marriage. They'll keep they'll keep the vote going until they get the result they want, which is yes. So this is why I'm not going to be writing about that. I'm going to tone the outrage down, uh, and I'm going to be trying to write more stuff. Uh, on a manosphere sense. The original point where I began writing and people were responding to my work was back in 2007 when I wrote the Unchanging Your Life post on the 2 Plus 2 Poker Forums, which morphed into my first book, which became Pushing Rubber Downhill. That, that Those themes, those topics are what I need to be doing more of. And I'm going to get back to it, which means I don't need to troll the internet looking for outrage. Um, I also want to do get back the other stuff I used to write about a lot, especially on two plus two forums. And that is, is humour, funny stuff. Get people to laugh. Yeah, and that's why I haven't been doing any humorous pieces lately, because I really enjoy humorous doing humorous pieces. But it's uh, it's pretty hard to do humorous pieces pieces when you've got a sour attitude all the time. You're pissed off all the time. Two, two things to not go together. Unless you're doing really heavy, hard, dripping sarcasm, I suppose. So, this is going to be, I think, really, I'm going to park again here. The new direction. But don't quote me on it. I might... It might be like a week later and phew, I'm back into all the outrage. But I don't want to be. I'm really liking my clarity of mind. I've got a lot more energy. I'm doing work on my third book. It's good stuff. You've parked your car. You can turn it off now. Thank you. So, um, yeah. 
That was my time away. That's uh, that's what I've been doing. Oh, I had an adventure on the, uh, <laughs> the flight back. I had an adventure. The wife and I had an adventure on the flight back. Well, uh, and the other 200 people on the flight. Oh, wow, really? I'm going to start another car. What was this? this is like five people live here, and you've all chosen this moment at 10 o'clock in the morning. You've all chosen this moment. I don't need to go trolling on the internet for outrage. I can get outrage right here. Holy fuck. I suppose it would help if I shut my, my window. Well, why don't I do that? I don't know if that's going to help. All right, flight back. <laughs> Listen to this. Look, I've taken, I've taken hundreds of flights in my life. Hundreds of flights. Um... And uh, and before you go, well, Adam, no, yeah, yeah, no, you've taken a lot of flights, but you haven't taken hundreds of flights. Well, no, because I used to do fly in, fly out in Australia. So every week, I'll be taking two flights a week. I've taken hundreds of flights in my life. And last Saturday, from uh, Naples to Amsterdam on Transavia at the two twenty afternoon flight, I had my first major problem. So, buckle in. Uh, we jump on the plane. We load ourselves up, um, and we had <laughs> this really funny altercation. So, my wife and I, we got the emergency exit rows. You have to pay extra on Transavia. It's like these cut, these you know, low cost. Transavia is the low cost version of KLM, which is the Dutch airline. So you have to pay extra for the, the seats. They really squash these seats in, but the emergency exit runs are really good on Transavia, not just because of your, your space with your leg room, but there's there's two rows of emergency exit seats. So if you pick the front one, you've got the leg room, but also the person behind you's got a leg room, so there's no one bashing your fucking seat. It's, you know, The extra money you have to pay for this seat is four euros per flight per person. It's just like, <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> So anyway, we're on the emergency exit seat and sitting next to us is this really nice old lady. She's probably in her in her early 80s. I think she was I think she was 84 because we got talking to her. Now, the person at the emergency exit row is supposed to be able to <laughs> help the crew <laughs> in the event of emergency. <laughs> we got this 84-year-old. Lovely, lovely. Don't get me wrong. She was lovely. But I don't even know if she'd be able to help herself. Anyway, so the you get the talk. You get the talk from the, the crew member before you take off. Like, oh, do you know, you know, this is an emergency seat. You know, are you prepared to help? Uh, here's how it works. If you look out the window, if there's smoke and flame, don't open the door. You know, I suppose that means don't open the door, just be prepared to die. And I know when it is inside the plane uh etc so we get this uh we got we had the the steward that we had was was we'll call him angry fag because he was a fag and he was angry i don't know why he was angry maybe he's angry because he's a fag i don't know it it's it's probable but we had angry fag as our steward so he comes in he comes to our row so he's just talking to me the wife and the old lady, okay? The wife's on the window, I'm in the middle, old lady's on the aisle. And he starts, she starts rolling it off in Dutch. There's no like, 
you guys all understand that she's just like i'm telling you all this blah 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 blah. i'm just sitting there looking at him because like i heard this spiel a week before i can't i can't talk that shit i can understand about 20 25 of it but i'm like i'm not going to correct him because i don't want this fag leaning over me telling me this shit any longer than i than i than he absolutely has to go on for so he gets to the end of his spiel any questions part of the spiel is is that is that you, you during taking take off and landing you can't have stow your bags at your feet in the emergency exit because it would inhibit anyone getting on and off the plane in an emergency and take off a landing is when all the shit happens usually usually because it wasn't this case <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec um and so the old lady says, yes, I've got a question. This is all in Dutch. So, you know, I got all this back afterwards, you know. And she's like, uh, she's got, she says, can I have my uh, bag on my lap uh, during the flight? Is that okay? Because there's stuff I need to get in the bag, blah, blah, blah. And he looks at her and, and he says to her in Dutch, he says, didn't you listen to what I say, what I said? I said, you can't have the bags, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, yes, yes, I did listen. But then he goes, well, if you did listen, repeat back to me everything that I said. Really aggressive, eh? Aggressive, angry fag. And she's like, she comes back brilliantly. She's like, well, I'm not in school. You don't have to, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not in school anymore. You know, treating me like this, rah, 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 rah. And he was like, well, you know, if you're you're not prepared to do what I say, then I'm going to move you from the emergency exit. And I was just like... I was really pissed off that I wasn't understanding it wasn't in English because at this this point I would have had a go at him. I would have definitely, I wouldn't have sat there, but I just sat there because I didn't understand what they were saying. But everyone else is listening now, you know. Anyway, she backs down, rah, 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 rah. Um, and, and then we're like, what happened there? And then we're talking, rah, rah, and then she was like, oh, you know, because apparently, you know, I didn't understand, and I said to her, apparently you didn't understand. I didn't understand a fucking word he said. He never asked me if I could speak Dutch. And then, of course, everyone's laughing now on the roads, but we're all laughing in a way like, shh, don't let the angry fag know, because then he'll come back and I'll be in trouble with angry fag. Stewardess. Steward. Might as well be stewardess. Fucking hell. Anyway, that's a little funny aside, which we'll get back to. Plane takes off. Um, we're about 10 minutes into the flight and our attitude, 15 minutes into the flight, and I'm looking out the window and I'm like, why are we still so low? We were probably about a thousand, two, maybe 2,000 feet up, if that. I could see everything below me, all of the, the mountainous regions there in central Italy, very, very, very close. I'm like, we should be up at 30,000 feet by now. 15, 20 minutes into the flight. Uh, and maybe it wasn't long, it was half an hour into the flight. And I was like, what is going on? And then suddenly we're about, so we're at the emergency exit, so we're, half, we're on the wing, so we're halfway along the plane. See this, this stewardess at the front of the plane talking into a loudspeaker, which, by the way, wasn't working properly. We couldn't understand what she was saying. I was looking, oh, my God, this, this doesn't look good. <laughs> this doesn't look good at all. <laughs> And then everyone's like, what's going on? So eventually she says all of her stuff in Dutch. Then she says it in English. We're only catching a word here or there. But then she comes down to right next to us to say it for the other half of the plane. So the plane, this is what they told us. And just, just keep in mind that during an emergency, during a situation where things are going to shit, they're only going to t- tell you as much as they think 
uh, you need to know and that you can handle as a general general rule. So this is what we got. They'd lost electrical power to the air conditioning system, which wasn't working. It was quite warm in the plane. Uh, and communication, so this is why they're having to do the loudspeaker stuff. Because of this, we were turning back to Naples and we are going to make an emergency landing. And I'm just looking at my wife. Afterwards, my wife said to me, oh, we were talking to you know, relatives back here in Holland, and it was like, hey, my wife was saying, oh, I wasn't that worried, <laughs> you know. And I said to her, I was worried. <laughs> I was definitely worried. Definitely, definitely worried. Why were we only at a couple of thousand feet? What, what is this real thing going on with... Uh, and if, if you've lost electrics, what else have you lost electrics to? And if you've lost communication, what else have you lost communication with? Is it just you've lost the internal communication in the planes, the pilot can't talk over the intercom, or have you lost external communication and you can't talk to the tower? Have you lost GPS? Are you now flying this plane manually? Yeah, this is a low budget airline, by the way. So I was worried, but what, what can you do? You just sit there and yeah, well, it's been fun, it's been real, it's been a good ride. So uh, we land, obviously, because I'm here talking to you now. And the landing was a little bumpy, but uneventful. It was about 35 degrees in Napoli, so on the ta tarmac it was probably around 40. Uh, we land, remember there's no air conditioning system, and we sit in that plane for about 20 minutes before the pilot, and they had the door open, and then it was getting, it was getting warm in that plane, sitting on that tarmac, let me tell you. So then the pilot comes up, Dutch pilot, I like this guy, he was good. And uh, once again, the same thing with the, 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 the loudspeaker thing that wasn't working. This guy's gonna start his car again. He is, you prick. No, he's gonna talk on his, he's gonna talk on his phone right outside my window. Um, so um, he lets us know that, oh, there was something else that wasn't working. The, the cabin pressurization, they lost, they lost that as well while they were up there. That's why we didn't get over a thousand or a couple of thousand feet. That's why we're at such low altitude for so long. Um, by the way, that's the only thing I found out as regards to what the hell was wrong with the plane, but I reckon there was more. Um, we sat in the plane for about 40 minutes. Finally, they got us off the plane into buses uh, back into... Now, this is the thing about... Flying from Amsterdam to Naples, Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam is probably the most organised airport in the world after Singapore. Nothing beats Singapore. Naples is um, close to Africa as regards to their airport. It's not Africa, but it uh, wouldn't take much to get there um, as in regards to the organisation and the general services and amenities and that sort of thing. So when we our plane took off and left Naples originally, we were like, yay, <laughs> on the way back to organisation, on the way back to Holland, on the way home. And um, now we're back. It's like Naples sucked us back in. <whistles> Damn it. 
So we're there and we're just, the thing is, this was Saturday. By now it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, on Sunday afternoon at three o'clock, we had a housewarming party here in Holland. Uh, all the relatives, the people in the street, were, uh, we'd organised this three weeks previously. The invitations had all gone out. So now my wife and I were like, shit, are we going to get back in time for this party? About 30 people we had around, maybe even more than that, when you count kids. And B, we needed to pick some stuff up for it, some fresh stuff um, from, the, from the supermarket. And we were counting to do that on Saturday evening when we got back in. Now we weren't getting back in Saturday evening in a million years. Um, so we were trying to find information out about any other flights leaving Naples for the vicinity of Amsterdam, like maybe even Belgium or some close town in Germany like Hanover, we could get a jump on a train. Nah, nothing. Um, nothing was anything available anyway. And, we, and we're still in the departures area, so they got us sitting in the departures area. So our bags were on the plane. It was, an, it was a nightmare. We weren't getting any information at all. The only way you could get information was to go on a Transavia's Twitter account and ask them questions because they weren't telling them in Naples because they just didn't know. So they announced this thing, passages for Amsterdam, rah, 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 gates, such and such. And I'm like, hallelujah. We all grab our stuff when we're lining up this big fucking line. One guy and he's checking tickets. And I'm like, you're shitting me. You're shitting me. One guy. I'm like, oh, this is going to take 200 odd people. This is going to... And he's checking tickets. I couldn't work out what he was doing. He was checking tickets and then writing something in and tearing off a piece of paper and giving them a piece of paper and then pointing them in the opposite direction from the boarding gate. And off they go. And eventually I was like, I'm standing in lines taking forever. And I walk up to him. I just walked to the front line. I said, what are you doing? Is this to get back on the airplane? And he's like, I said in Italian. And he said, no, 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 no. This is to give you a voucher. It's a voucher. We're giving you vouchers. This is like... All problems in the world can be solved. Everything's gone to shit, but we're going to give you a voucher so you can go get a cup of coffee. Aren't we good? I'm like, you're fucking joking. Needless to say, I did not stand in line to get my voucher. So we go around at the very end of the airport, right around the corner of the departure area, we find this bar called um, Food and Bubbles or something. They basically serve wine and things like oysters and caviar and smoked salmon and my wife and I parked our butts there uh, we got talking we met some other passengers who were also in contact with Transavia we, we met a I had a really fortuitous meeting with a, a Dutch guy uh, whose brother flies for Transavia so he was he was he was the fond of all night it was complete random that I asked him if he knew what was going on then I said, why don't you come up and sit up at this great bar with me and my wife will buy some drinks and you just keep the source information going him and his his partner were perfectly happy with that. We sat in that bar. Now remember, it was a 2.20 in the afternoon flight. We got back in at 4. We sat at that bar till 10 p.m. and that's when they shut. Uh, eventually we found out that Transavia was sending a flight, another plane from Amsterdam, empty with a crew on it, to bring us back. Um, we tracked that plane. That plane landed at 12.30 in the morning, on Sunday morning. 
So we'd now been at the airport now for over 12 hours uh, and not planning on it. Um, we've touched down in Amsterdam, I think, 3.30 in the morning, something like that. Uh, we were supposed, so uh, about 11 hours late. Um, we then got a taxi home from the airport, as well as not we normally do. Um, because we don't live close to the airport. It was my first ride in a Tesla. <clears throat> Not only was it my first ride in a Tesla, it was with a driver who couldn't drive to save his ass. So on top of everything else, we've got, you know when they just, they're always accelerating and decelerating? Like on a 120 kilometer an hour freeway? Fucking hell. Uh, I think we got back in at 4.30. So... That was our, uh, we can get a full discount. We get like <clears throat> 250 euros reimbursed each, which is cost of our tickets. So yeah, great. Um, but that was our, uh, that was our holiday. Ah, oh, I said I'd get back to the, the angry gay steward. So we got back on the plane at one in the morning and everyone was sitting in the same seats because I've only got one type of plane, which is good. Because if anyone, if anyone had been sitting in my emergency exit row about that time, you know, like, Pulling a Swifty to try and get the good seat, I would have. I think I would have physically killed them. I, I, it, it would have been close. It would have been close. At least removal of certain limbs. At least, and then bash it, rip off an arm, and beat you to death with your own arm. That's probably what I would have done. But no one was in my seat. But the old lady was next to us again, and now we had this lovely Dutch stewardess who was all smiles, and she comes up and she says to us. Do I need to say it again? And then everyone starts telling her, like the people in front, the people behind, the people across the aisle, everyone starts telling her about angry fag steward from the flight before. Because the crew from the flight before were gone. They were in a hotel in Naples somewhere. Yeah, They got rid of them immediately. That's, that's how the airlines operate. They didn't announce that, but I know that's how they operate. So we're telling her about angry fag. And little old lady, 84-year-old lady, blah, blah, blah. And then the stewardess goes, well, you're right. Of course you can have your bag on your, on your lap, um, you know, while the flying. You only need to have it clear and nothing on your lap or in the aisle on takeoff and landing. Um, I'd like to think, because the, the stewardess we were telling all this to, she was older. She was probably in her 40s. Lovely lady. You could tell that she was not impressed with what she was hearing. So I'd like to think that some karma caught up with angry fag steward. If you're listening to this, I hope you got sacked. So that was uh, that was the holiday. That was fun. Now, this uh, this podcast, you might have noticed, I'm going to give it the title of the crowdfunding podcast. So I've got to the all right. So now we're under the main theme. You've you've just had you've just had the entree. Now we've got the main theme of the podcast. So the crowdfunding podcast. Look, there's a, a company discovered, and I'll link to this um, on the show notes on my blog. To get to my blog, or if you've come to this via SoundCloud, there's a link to my blog there on the top right hand corner. Um, it's from uh, Mercury News. Uh, I got this courtesy of Ace. 
Crowdfunding disaster. Silicon Valley startup takes customers' money, shuts down. Subheading. Kanoa won't ship its $300 earphones to customers who pre-ordered them. When they say earphones, I think they mean earplugs because they're not, they're not headphones. I suppose earphones. Yeah, okay, right. It's a new word I didn't know about. So let's have a look at this. A Bay Area, of course it's San Francisco, isn't it? A Bay Area startup that promised to give music lovers state-of-the-art wireless earphones is instead closing its doors, becoming the latest in a string of crowd-funded companies to take customers' money and shut down without shipping a product. Who would have thought it? San Francisco-based Kanoa ran out of capital. By the way, when they say capital, they mean other people's money and shut down this week, leaving in the lurch scores of customers. Close to 2,000, by the way. A score is 12. All right, It ain't scores of customers. From the digging I've done, it's close to 2,000. At 300 bucks a pop, you're looking at 600 grand there. Uh, who paid $150 or more to pre-order high-tech earphones they never received. The company emailed customers on Wednesday to break the bad news, directing them to a letter posted on the Canoa website. Quoting from Kanoa, this is not the outcome we had foreseen, and with the quick turn of events, we are emotionally overwhelmed, the company's website stated. Emotionally, look, look, good. I'm glad they're emotionally overwhelmed. I'm glad that companies are starting to use the old, oh, I'm emo- I can't do my, uh, I couldn't hand in my, uh, my thesis because I was emotional. My cat looked at me funny. Everyone's been using these emotional issues. Everyone's been touching touch with their emotions. This is the feminization of Western society, specifically Anglo-Saxon society. Yeah, because females are all based on emotions. So here we go. We are emotionally. Oh, we've taken all your money, and we're not going to give you a project, your 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 product. But we are emotionally overwhelmed. It's all about them. It's all about them. Uh, this is what's known as emotional blackmail in a personal relationship set. Yes, yes, I've cheated on you, but I feel bad. What You have to consider my feelings on this. It continues. We know you are disappointed and can only ask that you understand that we genuinely tried. <laughs> Look, guys, it's not enough to do your best. Sometimes you have to do what's asked. Oh, I did my best. Yeah, but you didn't do what's asked. But we get this from kids all the time. Oh, I failed. Yeah, but I did my best. Well, your best sucks. Yeah, your best isn't any good. Your best is shithouse. Oh, but it's my best. It's my best. Your best is rubbish. You're rubbish. You know? This is why fat people... This is what comes to saying you can't call fat people fat because you hurt their feelings. We get companies, you know, that are the same people that was stupid enough as customers to order a product that didn't yet exist are the same types of people who will get on Facebook and other social media shitholes and lambast you for not accepting other people's feelings. And that's why the company went straight to, we're emotionally overwhelmed and we did our best. You're getting what you deserve, you idiots. You are getting good. Good, good. You paid $300 for a product that doesn't even exist. 
you know, you've been completely rammed up the ass and they're giving you the same shit that you give everyone else. Man, I love this. I love this so much, but it gets so much better. Oh. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> this is a real name. Chivel van der Lube. He's from Holland. Kanoa's founder and CEO. Everyone's got to be a fucking CEO these days. I've seen people who are a one-man consultancy operation give themselves the title of CE-fucking-O. I mean, look, just so you all know, CEOs are a scam. The whole CEO edifice is a scam. It's a scam. It's a cult. The cult of the CEO. This is a different topic. Maybe I should do a different podcast on this. Chival van der Lube, Kanoa's founder and CEO, did not immediately respond to messages seeking comment Friday. I bet he didn't. An email sent to the company's mail help centre was not returned. Uh, Kanua is not just the latest local. There's a bunch. Look, there's a bunch of others. Look, look. Crowdfunding is a scam. Kickstarter is a scam. If you announce that you have this fantastic product, but you don't have the product yet, but you want people's money first, so you can then make the product and ship it, it's a scam, yeah? Because, look, just think of, look, even if they were well-intentioned, even if they weren't rip-off artist merchants, even if they have the best intentions in the world, the numbers don't stack up, okay? If you take everyone's money to make your product and you use all that money to try and make your product and then you ship the product, there's no profit. Do you understand? A really large part, I know this is hard for you to some, some of you to understand, a really hard, hard part of providing a good, not a service, but a good, well, it's the same with a service, but I want to talk about goods here because we're talking about actual products, things you can hold in your hand. This pen that I'm tapping on my table, yeah, talking into this, into this Yeti microphone, yeah? These are all products. They're making a profit off them. So that one of the first things you have to do is, okay, can I get my product to work? Does it work as intended? How much does it cost me? To make a unit, how much does it cost me to ship the unit, to market the unit, to pay maybe a store to give them a cut of the unit? What's my profit after all of that? Is this worth going ahead with? Yes or no? That's the manufacturing industry, people. Okay? So crowdfunding is the antithesis 
of this. Crowdfunding is, we've got this great idea. It's going to be amazing. We want to take you, we want to take you on a journey with us. By the way, I've got this pen here. It's a really nice pen. It's an Artline 0.5 drawing, pigment ink, water-based, water-resistant. Um, I love these types of pens. I'm not interested in going on a fucking journey to get this pen. Much as I was not interested in going on a journey to get this microphone, I was not interested in a journey to get this mouse or these headphones or this monitor uh, or this ashtray or this cigar humidor or that pad or anything that I can see around me. I was not interested in going a journey. There's no, I, I don't want your journey. But this is what crowd. This is how they try to sell crowdfunding. You can be a part of the experience. You can be a part of the journey. You can be ah, yeah. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. What they're counting on is that they will ship all the units, and then somehow, and then this this wave of of like of media, social media, will then catapult their products to huge and they will sell millions of pieces and that's 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 their profit that's how they think they're going to be a profit profitable enterprise it's not how it works i can't even think of one product that has worked with crowdfunding like that i can't think of one product maybe you can maybe you can think of products that work this way I don't care if you can find a product that works this way. I can't care if you can find 10 products that work this way. Because the problem with this is that the ones that don't work are substituting the risk for their business onto the customers. Do you understand this? For every one business that succeeds, 100 businesses have to fail. Become part of becoming an entrepreneur, and you'll find this with a lot of successful entrepreneurs. They might have had half a dozen, a dozen businesses that failed while they were while they learnt entrepreneurship. Not while they found the product that worked, while they learnt entrepreneurship. This is what it's about. And when you fail, you have skin in the game. You have risk. I put my own money in. It fails. Hmm, that really, really hurt. So, what have I learned from this? I'll get better. Eventually, maybe, they'll succeed. They'll start a company. It will work. And then you have the massive rewards. Okay? And for all of those of you who bag out capitalism, just understand how much pain goes behind someone succeeding in this sort of stuff. Yeah, some people get lucky right off the bat. Okay. But most of it's hard grind. Hard, hard grind. Crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, is also a scam because it's it inverts the risk. The people here, this Chival van der Lube at Kanua and anyone else at Kanua had no skin in the game. They're not just saying the customers pay for the product. They're saying take the company's risk. And by the way, if it succeeds, you don't get any reward. You only get the product that you paid for. 
If the risk succeeds, we get all the rewards after having taken no risk at all. And because, the most important thing of these people, because people who launch crowdfunding stuff have no skin in the game, they don't learn the lessons they need to learn to be properly successful in the future. So Chival van der Lube, God, don't tell me that's not a man made up name, will be making up another name and doing this again in the not too distant future. And yes, it'll probably work for them. Crowdfunding is a scam. It is not capitalism. Okay, people? If you come to me and say, look, I've got this great idea for a product, and I want, you know, can you order the product? Give us some money. Can you order? Can you give us some money beforehand? I'll look at it and I go, okay, let's have a look at your track record. Let's have a look at your business plan. Let's have a look at your product. Let's have a look at everything. Yeah, you know what? I think this is actually a good idea. Okay, I will invest in you for a percentage. If I'm going to take some of this risk and put my money in, I want the potential reward. That's what investing is. You are not investing in any crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, kickstarting. You're not investing, okay? It's not an investment. All you're doing is paying for a product, and the risk is whether you get it or not, and the risk is if you do get it, whether it is what it was promised to be. And people can do a lot of blah, blah, blahs, but what counts is, here we go, this is what it can or cannot do. So let's have a look at this. Back to the piece. Kanua created some buzz when it unveiled its wireless Bluetooth-enabled earphones back in 2015 uh, before Apple had released its wireless AirPods. Uh, in a press release announcing the product, Kanua promised all sorts of high-tech features that even Apple didn't have. This is Apple. But these guys are coming out and saying, this is going to be better than Apple. Really? Really? Does it sound too good to be true? Music played through the earphones was supposed to change in pace and volume as the user's heart raced during a workout. Holy crap. That's pretty out there, isn't it? Kanua said users would be able to control how much ambient sound the earphones let in. Listeners would be able to block out the outside world or set the earphones to let them hear oncoming traffic while biking or walking. This is the best part. On Saturday, so they've done all this thing and it's going along. They did have got all these orders, but consumers still, so the orders, summer of 2016, and a year later hadn't received them. Then on Saturday, the company suffered another blow. A scathing product review posted on YouTube by a reviewer who goes by the online name iTweakForkers put a review up. I watched the review. I'd never heard of this guy before. I watched the whole review. It's had, he's got almost 500,000 subscribers. He's got a thousand comments on it. It's had 250,000 views at the time of me doing this. Uh, it's uh, about 27 minutes long. I watched the whole thing. Uh, not just because he was a pretty good presenter, but because the story of, of him doing this review just got more and more outrageously incredible as it progressed. So the company contacted this guy 
to do a review of their product. They sent the product to him. And by the way, out of the book, look, they've got the box looking great. The box looks great. They've got a great T-shirt. The earbud phones, whatever they are, look great. Look, as regards to slick graphics, you know, everyone's learnt that from Apple. Yeah? Looks really good. Nice blue and black colour combinations here for these Kanua wireless earbuds. Um, unfortunately, he went, as he details in the video, he went through a, a long series of problems of trying to get these things to work. Get them connected to his app, get them connected to his phone, get the app to work, there's buzzing. And every time he would contact Kanua and his contact, the contact at Kanua and talk to him on the phone and go, ah, I'm having this problem. And the response he'd get every time was, oh yeah, we know about that. Now the reviewer, as he says in it, towards the end, assumed that these were like, he said, just send us, an, send me another one. Send me, obviously you've given me a defective pair. I want to be fair to you. Send me another pair. And, uh, and we'll try it out. And they were basically like, oh, we, we, we pretty highly tested the ones that we sent you, um, which basically meant they were as good as it gets. This review shut down their company, but the company pushed for this review. The guy was for about two weeks trying to work for them to, to get these earphones to work. At the end, they offered him a $500 bribe, 500 bucks to bullshit for them and tout their shitty earphones that don't work at all. Um, the reviewer was pretty outraged at this. I don't know whether he was outraged. I hope he was outraged because uh, he was he was just the whole, you, you, you want me to just blacken my name for this uh, and you think that I'm only worth 500 bucks or... I, I, I think that's what he, that, what he meant. There's the old joke, you know, man goes up to a woman, would you sleep with me for a million dollars? And she goes, fuck yeah. And he goes, would you sleep with me for 10 bucks? And she goes, who do you think I am? And he goes, well, we, already, we already know what you are. We're just, you know, haggling on the price here. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't that for him. My favourite part in this was the manual. <laughs> He's got this little manual with it and he shows you on the video and it's completely blank. It's like this little, little flip through, tiny little manual and every page is blank except on every page it says go to the website for information. It's like you could have done this on one. They didn't do this on one page. They did like 20. <laughs> These guys are so clueless. But they still they have made off with how much money they've invested money. And no one's getting anything back. No one's getting anything back. Of course not. And we've got people in the comments going, thanks for your... Uh, here's the very first comment with, you know, 204 upvotes. Uh, thanks for being real. Ordered these a long time ago. Doesn't surprise me they are trash. Disappointed as hell though, especially that they were trying to pay for a good review to BS their customers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, doesn't surprise me they are trash, but disappointed as hell though. Hmm. Um. Oh, apparently Kanoa dropped the price from 300 to 200 US bucks on their website. <laughs> Maybe that'll make a difference, yeah? Um, uh, here's another guy with a Facebook link link to a Facebook page trying to organise a lawsuit against Kanua uh, let's fight back people people you're not fighting back Kanua are gone Kanua is a shell company it's all, there's nothing there this guy's, this guy's in Brazil or Colombia or 
or Dakota. Uh, I don't know. You know, he's he's dropped off the face of the earth. You're not getting your money back, people. But don't worry, there'll be another crowd forwarding for crowdfunding scam uh, just around the corner for you to give them their money and then and then get and then get all emotional about it when it goes to shit. But let's go back once again, though. This is not the outcome we had foreseen, and with the quick turn of events, the quick turn of events that they brought upon themselves when they got this guy to review their product that didn't work, and they knew it didn't work, when they sent it to him, we are emotionally overwhelmed. We know you were disappointed, and I can only ask that you understand that we genuinely tried. Maybe that's something that Hitler could put on, have put on his gravestone if he'd managed to get buried, you know, sort of get body burnt in a courtyard in Berlin somewhere. I genuinely tried. I gave it a shot. Huh? I gave it a shot. <laughs> Guy who comes in last at the Paralympics. Last at the Paralympics. You're the last retard. I, genu- I genuinely tried. I never thought about that. The guy comes last at the Paralympic. <laughs> Imagine that. You go to the Paralympics, you're a retard, but you get to the Paralympics and you come last. <laughs> How do you go home? <laughs> like they don't give out medals for kids running races anymore because they want to feel bad. What about the Parafunking Olympics? <laughs> I'm dying here. I'm dying. <laughs> the guy that comes last in the Paralympics. <laughs> he falls into the pool and goes the wrong way. He <laughs> got the crowdfunding Paralympics. These people want to start a lawsuit. <laughs> I should get away more often. Oh my god. I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. Okay. something that even Apple can't do. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Shout outs. (laughs) Captain Capitalism. I I think that Aaron is going to appreciate this podcast. Aaron Cleary uh, supports my podcast and I love him for it. I love him not, not in a angry, faggy, steward way. I love him as manly men doing manly things. So because he supports me, I'd really appreciate it if you went and supported him. He's a funny guy. He's got books, and they're about how not to fuck up your life with, with, with your money. And if there's one way to fuck up your life, people, it's with money. These people just lost $300. There you go. 
Remember, I did a I did an article last year on how most people, how there's something like sixty percent of Americans can't afford a four hundred dollar emergency, and we're not talking about the poor living in trailer parks, man. We're talking about people at upper 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 middle class driving Mercedes can't afford a four hundred dollar emergency. Three years thing, three hundred bucks, three hundred bucks for these headphones is not a big deal, meh. Keep that in perspective. Aaron's written a whole bunch of books about how to not to fuck up your life financially. Check him out at captaincapitalism.com. Check out his podcast. Check out his asshole consultancy business. Check out his girlfriend. No, don't do that. That would be good. Um, and Aaron is younger than me. I think he's about 10 years younger than me. I think he's about 35, mid-30s. Uh, and uh, very recently, he paid off his mortgage. He paid off his mortgage after seven or eight years after telling the general employment industry to go fuck themselves and work for himself on the internet. Skin in the game. Aaron Clary has skin in the game. Um, Chival van der Luba does not or did not have any skin in the game. There's the difference right there. Okay. Um, so check out Aaron at CaptainCapitalism.com. Go to my blog. I'll have a link to the Mercury News article. I'll have a link to the review of the product by iTwig for Kids uh, that you really do take the 25 minutes to watch it. It, is, it just gets better and better as it goes along. Um, and check out my site, um, I've got two books, Pushing Rubber Downhill, which is about a journey to manhood via whitewater adventures. It's about how to get your shit together as a young man and why it's so important to do that. If you don't get your shit together, boys and girls in your mid-twenties, boys, I mean, girls, whatever, all right for men. If you don't get your shit together in your mid-twenties, your life is going to be fucked. If you're not in your mid-20s now and you're listening to this and your life is fucked, I'm sorry to have to tell you that, but I'm not sorry because you did it to yourself. Yes, you can pull your ass out of the fire later on, but it is much, much, much harder. My first book is about how I did it. Mm -hmm. It's about how I got my shit together with a lot of obstacles in front of me. I'm not preaching at you. I just tell it how it went. It's funny, it's sad, it's tragic, it's hilarious. It's entertaining. Uh, and uh, it, you can use it not as a template for your life because everyone's life is different, but you can use it as an inspiration. Okay. My second book, Run Guts, Pull Cones, a whitewater uh, season in the Italian Alps, is about what it's like to work with other men in a masculine environment and how important that is. And I do it with lots of entertaining stories. Lots of chicks, lots of drugs, lots of alcohol, lots of rock and roll, lots of good times. That's a great book too. You can buy uh, them in a paperback, uh, Kindle, uh, and the first book's available in Audible, read by uh, Davis Arini. That's, uh, that's, my, um, that's my podcast for today. I'm sorry, kind of sorry, I'm not really sorry for uh, <laughs> losing it towards the end there, but you got to me, that's pretty funny. The guy who comes last at the Paralympics. <laughs> Just, that's, that's beautiful. 
Um, this has been a lot of fun. Um, this is the new not angry Adam. This is the new not outraged Adam. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed doing it. Um, let me know how much you've enjoyed it. Leave a comment. I don't respond to the comments generally on the podcast, but I really appreciate them. Uh, if you really enjoyed this, follow me on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, rate me on iTunes, it'd be great. Um, spread it around, tell your friends, and uh, I can keep slowly growing this the way I need to do it. Um, like anything, it takes time, but it's starting to get there, and I appreciate uh, each and every listener of you guys who really are in on the journey with me. Not like buying some fucking $300 piece of shit earphones that don't work. You guys are on a journey, and uh, I appreciate it. So I'll see you next week. Bye for now.